This here is a radio show these boys like to call the Press Box. Now, they're a bunch of radio play-by-play guys with at least one who actually played the game. But the point is, they've been everywhere, man. They've been to Auburn, Austin, Athens, Tuscaloosa, Gainesville, Starkville, Fayetteville, Tallahassee, Bryant, Teddy, Jordan, Hare, Neyland, Commonwealth, Scottfield, Kylefield, Legionfield, Between the Hedges, Iron Bowl, Lake Bowl, Red River, Robbery, even spend a Saturday in Death Valley. They've been everywhere, man. They've been everywhere, man. Walked the Oxford Square, man. Followed Shug and Bear, man. Of travel, they've had their share, man. They've been everywhere. Wild Dave, Turk, Roll Tide, War Eagle, Chomp Chomp, Gator Bait, Hotty Hotty, Sue, Cowbells, Hail State, Body Get a Weagle, War Damn Eagle, Rammer Jammer, Yellow Hammer, Give them Hell, Alabama, and her Sandman all night long. Now come on, y'all, let's sing the song. They've been everywhere, man. They've been everywhere, man. Follow Chug and Bear, man. Put them all in the air, man. The fun they've had their share, man. They've been everywhere. Makes me tired just thinking about it. They've been everywhere. Now that's a mighty fine of picking and a singing if I say so myself. Nice job, boys. Do I smell bacon? Man, I look good in black. into hour number two of the press box on this monday august the 7th it is the 23rd of uh, the 2023 i should say the uh, 23rd year of our, our lord is that right but 2023 either way episode 661 of the program number one of week number 133 mike grace inside the mgl production studios we're running down a squirrel today as we mentioned in the hour number one typically a three squirrel operation on the treadmill uh, we're down to just two so i'm a little i'm a little flabbergasted but i'm making it way i'm making my way and thankfully i have friends along for the ride including bart heitch our former mississippi state basketball star uh co-star with with Ella, who's joined the show for hour number two. That should be fun. And then Colin Lacey is with us as well. And fellas, a special guest as we fire up uh, guest, uh, or hour number two. As Pat Smith joins us, co-host of Three Man Front, Birmingham's WJOX, co-creator of the Paul Feinbaum Show, you might have heard of, uh, assistant program director at WJOX in Birmingham. And uh, we're proud to just call him a friend here of the Press Box. Pat Smith, how you doing, sir? Mike, what's going on, man? Hope you guys are doing well this morning. We're good. Uh, should we a- offer Ella the first question? Should Ella get the first question here for Pat? <laughs> Maybe you got a question for him. Um, she wants to know what's wrong with the Reds, Pat. Uh, that's that's you, exactly what, what she wants to know. Hey, I tell you what's wrong with them. They didn't make any trades at the trading deadline. I mean, all the teams that didn't make deals, they got a horrible record since last week. You know, the Rangers, they went out and gave up everything in the world just so they could potentially get to the World Series and look at what they've been able to do. But the Reds, they got problems. And keep in mind, because you've been sending me nasty text messages, Bart, about Shame on you. Shame on you. I'm just telling you right now, I told you they were going to be below 500. He did. did. not at the end of the season. He did. I told you that. You didn't back it up, but you didn't back it up. But I'm telling you this right now. Look at Fangraphs. Go to Fangraphs.com. Take a look at the projected standings, and right now they got the Reds going eighty-one and eighty-one. I said they would go eighty and eighty-two. Who so did? Just, wow! You did, well, then 80, 80, 81 and eighty-one means that's a winner for me. <laughs> that's correct. <but laughs> that's exactly correct. It didn't look that way two weeks ago. Uh, but, but real quick, what, are the, what does that record have to be? And I know you don't think, and they're trending, and I and I'm kind, I'm really worried. Um, what does that record have to be to get into the playoffs in the NL? 
Well, here's the problem. Uh, all of a sudden, the Cubs are playing really well in the yeah. NL Central. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of teams that they're going to have to jump over. So that's where I think the problem is for them. They just didn't add any pitching. I mean, they got a really good offense. But if you didn't go out and add that pitching, that's going to be a problem. Going to be debuting a, a new feature here in our next segment, by the way. Uh, Pat, you might want to stick around for this. It's going to be Bart's Blast, uh, where, our, where where Bart blows up somebody uh, from the weekend. Oh, uh, it, wow. might, it might be his Cincinnati Reds, who have lost it's six in a row. It's this weekend. Uh, it, 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 might be, it might be Giancarlo Stanton, who we saw, you know, a lollygagging from second to home plate the other day, getting thrown out by about 15 feet. It might be the U.S. Women's National Team for laying an egg in the uh, in the in the World Cup, so we'll see who gets Bart's blast in our next segment. But let's start uh, with this: How about uh, the college sports realignment over the uh, weekend? Good or bad for the sports that that we know and love, man? Well, here's one thing: If you're a college administrator, I think you're going to say you love it. The reason why is because you're going to be able to have that that economic revenue stream that's going to keep pumping dollars into your athletic department. I think they're happy. Now the fans are going to hate it, and the reason they're going to hate it is because. For those weekend people that might take – and we're lucky here in the Southeastern Conference because so many people might have – you know, they might have a Winnebago. They yeah. might have, a, you know, a camper that, you know what, we're going to take Fridays off. We're going to, you know, go up to Lexington. we got a weekend that we can watch a football game. If you're in Eugene, Oregon, or you're in Seattle, Washington, <laughs> you're going to have to get on a red eye to go to Piscataway, mm. New Jersey. Or you oh, know, or, or, or parts unknown. So I mean, it, it's a mess from a fan's perspective. But if these fans want to continue to have a football program in a Power Five conference, you're going to have to do this. And I heard Jimbo Fisher said that yesterday. We're, we're chasing the dollar, and you, you just cannot blame the administrators for doing that. But in the long run, the fans are going to hate it. But it's going to give the conferences and the administrators everything that they potentially could need for their budgets moving forward. Pat, what's the next domino to fall? Everybody's talked about how we got to this point, but what's next in this? Seems like a domino falling about every six minutes. Well, I tell you what, I think what's next is you're going to see the Pac-12. I think they're going to be predatory. And what I mean by that, I think they're going to go after the Mountain West. I don't think they're looking at a merger. I think what they're going to be able to do is say, look, we're the Conference of Champions. We're the Pac-12. They still have the brand name. They're still going to be able to get certain credits because the NCAA basketball tournament, which is going to be millions of dollars, not to mention the fact of getting monies from UCLA and USC already saying that they were going to leave. So they've got a pretty good nest egg that they could use to go out and try to recruit Mountain West schools. So instead of them merging, you could take the brand name of the Pac-12 and they go out and grab all the teams that they want from the Mountain West and still maintain that Power Five name, so to speak, the Autonomy Five, and be able to move forward with that. So I think, look for George Klackhoff. He's not going to go down quietly. He's just not going to hand those four schools over to the Mountain West. I think you're going to see a lot of stories come out today that the Pac-12 is not dead. It's dead in the older form, but they're going to try to do what they can to save it to the Mountain West. All right, I'm going to take it one step further, Pat. Is this? Can we all agree that this is 100% all about money? <laughs> there's, no, there's no question. There's, uh, there's no doubt. Okay. I mean, that, what happens if, in a year, in two years, in three years, if the UAE or a private equity group or someone comes to Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee? Auburn, what have you. I know we got ties to SEC here and there, but like Rick Pitino was talking about just football break off and kind of do whatever. And mm-hmm. it, it, is is that something that's even we should even be 
thinking about, worried about? Could that happen one day? I mean, could we uh, lose the SEC? Uh, two, we- two weeks ago, I think a lot of people would have said, Bart Heitch is nuts. He's crazy. What's he well, They're going to say that anyway. <laughs> well, that's true. But here's, 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 there's a little bit of sanity to you, Bart, and here's the reason why. If you saw the story that came out last week that Florida State is kicking the tires to private investment companies because they need to raise about $120 million to get out of the ACC. And so what they're trying to do now is they're trying to go to Wall Street to try to get some folks to potentially back whatever financial uh, situation that Florida State needs to try to get out of. They're going that route. So who is to stop you know, the Saudi private investment fund to coming over here to a Notre Dame or in Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and say, hey, look, you know, let's let's start the big five. Let's start your own conference. And and all of a sudden they dip their toe in college football. I know it sounds crazy, but based on what Friday and what happened there, and based on the way Florida State is trying to kick the tires to get out of the ACC, I don't think anything is out of the realm of possibility. So, Pat, getting back to the actual football season, um, we hear all these different things coming from all these camps. You know, this person looks good, uh, this quarterback. Listen, you're not hearing a ton out of Tuscaloosa. Um, t- in Birmingham and on your show, what's the momentum with Auburn? It, it just seems like to me they're not only in the room, they're winning recruiting battles, right? This is exactly what happened to Alabama I was talking about earlier um, when Kirby started coming into rooms and then started winning. I mean – they're going to be relevant next year. But was this excitement spill over into this year? Uh, no doubt about it. I, I think all of a sudden, because of the momentum they've had in recruiting, granted, they didn't get bold in the five-star out of Georgia this weekend, but he didn't go to Georgia. He ended up going to Florida State. But the, that momentum within the state borders of Alabama, he has been able to build that bridge back with the high school coaches, which Brian Harson absolutely torched in the two years that he was down at Auburn. So Hugh Freeze knows what it takes to to be able to get that type of roster on the field in the SEC. He's done a really nice job. He's going head-to-head with Nick Saban. He's winning some of these skirmishes. He may not win the war, but he's doing everything in his power to get Auburn back into the conversation when it comes to recruiting in the state of Alabama. And that's huge because we all know with the talent base that we have at the high school level in Alabama, it's good enough for you to be able to have that strong base. Then you can go out in Tennessee, the transfer portal, Georgia or Florida players, to be able to kind of fill out the rest of your roster management. But Hugh Freeze has done a great job. And and one thing's for sure, they might not be six, seven wins this year. Or might, that might be the ceiling. But I think he's laying the foundation for next year. And I think Auburn fans will be excited by the product that they see this year. Pat Smith, part of the uh, three-man front group here on Birmingham's WJOX each weekday. Also assistant program director there, assisting Ryan Haney, the suit at, uh, at Jocks the in suit. Birmingham. That's the guy. Hey, let's talk <laughs> about Bama. We got a rare thing this weekend when uh, not only did Nick Saban uh, address the media, but we heard from both new coordinators, uh, Kevin Steele on the defensive side, Tommy Reese from the offense. And typically, we don't get to hear from these guys a whole lot. Uh, we, we got them this weekend. When's the next time we get them? And, and what would you hear from them that you liked uh, or, or, or hit you or impressed you? over the weekend, Pat? Well, well, i tell you what What impressed me is that, uh, especially what we're going to hear on our show today, is it's just a, a refreshing voice of Kevin Steele because Pete Golding, that was the guy that everybody wanted fired from day one since he <laughs> took over his D.C. So everybody's going to be happy because they know what Kevin Steele did at Auburn. Yeah. They know what Kevin Steele's do, done throughout his career. And all he had to do was bring up the fact that he was with Nick Saban when the process started in Tuscaloosa. And that's what got everybody fired up, hearing that getting back to the old school, hard-nosed, 
type of Alabama defense conversation that we had in years past. From an offensive standpoint, no big surprise what Tommy Reese said. Basically, he said, look, you know, this is Alabama's offense. You know, there's some wrinkles that I'm going to be able to provide for it. He made kind of a a tongue-in-cheek response to he's got a little bit uh, different talent than what he had in South Bend, Indiana, that he's going to have to deal with. So I think that was good. But from a quarterback standpoint, you know, guys, I keep hearing that uh, at least the first couple practices, Ty Simpson is the one that has looked the most impressive. Now, in the open practice, they all missed throws. Ty Simpson had a really bad interception on Saturday. But, I mean, if you're handicapping it through the first four or five days of fall camp, I would definitely have to say that Ty Simpson, as of this moment, is QB1. But that changes every single day, Mike, as you know, and Bart. Um, this thing is so fluid. How important is it for them to to get a uh, – to know who the number one guy is, but especially by game two, when Texas rolls around, they don't need to still be wondering who's the guy, do they? No. Oh, gosh, no. Uh, matter of fact, I think Middle Tennessee State, you better have a pretty good idea. And then from that standpoint, that's who you're getting reps. You know, that game plan, especially when you're starting to look ahead to Texas, that's going to have to be done a couple weeks before that Middle Tennessee State game. So we've actually got a window now, Mike, I would think, within the next seven to ten days. I mean, they're going to have to start divvying out those rotations at practice. And and when you've got three guys, it, it better be down to two pretty quick. So to answer your question, I think they, I think all three will see action in Middle Tennessee State. But I think mentally speaking, and the leaders in that quarterback room, you better have that decided within the next ten days. Hey, Pat, one of the things I wanted to ask you and get your thoughts on over in that Alabama area is – Everybody's talking about the hype around LSU and Brian Kelly and trying to dethrone Alabama on the western side. What's the mood around Tuscaloosa? You don't hear a whole lot of rebuttal necessarily from Nick Saban, but you don't expect to. He just kind of goes about his business and beats everybody. But what's the, <laughs> what's the mood around Tuscaloosa of what LSU is being able to do? Uh, they've been very impressed by them. And a lot of people, I think even in Tuscaloosa, were kind of surprised that when the final vote came out, from SEC media days, that Alabama was that team. I don't know if that was because of people like Bart Hikes just had muscle memory and just wrote Alabama down every year and they just kept getting used to it. Not really <laughs> sure. But they respect the fact that they were they were pre- predicted fifth in the SEC West last year, and they ended up not only beating Alabama but getting themselves into Atlanta in the SEC championship game. But no, make no mistake about it, knowing that LSU is coming to Bryant-Denny this year – the fans are thinking without doubt that this is going to be a revenge game and Alabama will take care of business. And because of that, they truly believe that they will be back in Atlanta come the first week in December. Pat, come week one, two, I don't really count zero um, as much as far as big games. I think that's just usually getting us going. But who's the team that who are, are game or team that should be on upset alert early in the season that there might be, you know, maybe like an Auburn going to Cal. I don't think that's one for me. But is there a game that you've got your eye on that you're saying that team better watch out? Well, one thing's for sure, and I know they're getting a lot of press, but I think the Florida State LSU game is going to be the game that's going to be a barometer for both teams. You know, last year, not a lot was expected from either team when they played in New Orleans because it was like, okay, it's a typical Mike Norvell FSU team, Brian Kelly first year. Not a lot was expected from either one of those teams. We saw what happened, and it didn't derail LSU in the SEC West. But to me, 
These two teams are very powerful. These two teams are top 10 preseason. I think the winner of that game, it could propel them to a season that you could have them in the conversation for the college football playoff. For LSU, I think they have to try to live up to the hype. And if they were to lose in Orlando, I think that could signal maybe some potential issues down the road. But I think that's the game for me, at least in the first weekend. That's the one that I'm paying the close attention to. How about week two? Uh, Texas and Alabama. How, how tough is it going to be to land a ticket for that one, buddy? Uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, you know, we've seen uh, some very, very, you know, good games in Tuscaloosa in the past. I'm talking about, you know, Oklahoma. Remember UCLA came in there, um, you know, but it's been a while since we've had that out of, I guess, out of conference opponent in Tuscaloosa. I mean, tickets are going to be very difficult to come by. That's going to be a very tough game, Mike, as you know, because yeah. last year you had you had Bryce Young, the magician, kind of you know pull the rabbit out of his hat there in the second half, and and Quinn Ewers got another year under Steve Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian knows what it's going to take to walk into Bryant Denny. Now um, Jeff Banks doesn't think it's that big of a deal because his comments last week was beyond laughable, saying that it was like going to Ames or Lawrence, Kansas to play a football game. So I just hope that him and the pole monkey show up uh, for the game there in Tuscaloosa. That should be a lot of fun. Um, But no, it's going to be a hot ticket. Going to be a hot ticket to say the very least. And uh, night game, it's going to be the game. Going to be the big one. Quick uh, question. Uh, It takes a special man. Um, You're a special man. Pat Smith for for one to bring particular, up pole monkey. For, for, <laughs> yes, no, no, that's not a special man. That's a normal man. Um, so, um, working with Landrum Roberts and having access to that uh, mouth and mind every day, could you elaborate on that a little bit? I had to live with him. I don't know if you've uh, ever taken it to that extreme. What's it like to work with Landrum uh, and also Damien every day? Oh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, listen, uh, we have a lot of fun, and as you guys know, because you guys have fun every day. If you can't bring the fun and frivolity to this medium, then you might not need to be in it, you yeah. know, because you, you're going to have to be able to make fun of yourself and have fun in the process. Um, no, it's a, it's a pure joy, man. I've been so blessed throughout my career to be able to work with people that uh, you surround yourselves with not only talent, but just good people and just fun to be around. And Landrum and Damien, no doubt about it, two of those people that make going to work every day a lot of fun, and I get to hear a lot of Bart Hike stories along the way, so that's a win-win. Uh, the question we must know the answer to, uh, are you back for another season of Husky Fast Football this year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now look at it, we are, we, are, logo. Uh, <laughs> we are, uh, yeah, I'm logoed up, man. I'm like NASCAR when it comes to that. Yeah, um, yeah. No, uh, yes, we are back. Um, of course, we play in a very tough region, as you know, Mike. <laughs> we, We're talking to Hewittville call- Trustful, Hewittville Trustful, uh, Alabama High School, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we're I mean we're in the we're in the same region as Hoover, Vestavia. Oh, Thompson, somebody. Thompson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Thompson. Yeah, they're they're pretty good in football. Yeah, yeah, SEC good. West. Um, so it's the SEC West of Alabama high school football. It is absolutely brutal. So it is a it is a fun process. We open up against Central Phoenix City here in Birmingham yes. at Hewitt Trustful. So that's going to be a a really tough deal with Pat Nick, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And what, a couple weeks away is that opener? Yeah, yes, a couple weeks. Two weeks. Awesome. Two Pat weeks. Smith, thanks so much, man. Have fun with your three-man front, guys, and we'll visit with you again sometime soon here in the Press Box, man. Sounds good, guys. Take care. See you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Pat, Pat Smith, find him on Twitter at Pat Smith Radio and the show at Three Man Front on Twitter. And again, uh, just check out WJOX in Birmingham. Great stuff throughout the day. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Odds and ends, our normal segment, but also Bart's Blast. 
a premiere as Bart uh, goes off on somebody from the weekend. Let's find out who it is next as the Press Box continues. Continues.